0: Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Well, thank you to Joe and everybody else who led us in worship this morning. Thank you all for being here. It's a Blessing, and the more the time goes on, it's amazing to me how I'm starting to learn more and more the importance of fellowship, of being able to come together. We are in our series going through the book of Colossians, Keystone Theology, because at the end of the day, what we want to see each and every time we open God's Word. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Christ and Him crucified. So this is keystone theology because we're learning some of the foundational truths of who Jesus is as it pertains to our salvation. And the theology found here in the book of Colossians helps point us towards Jesus Christ. At this time, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, again, thank you for providing this opportunity to meet here this morning. Thank you for the various leaders that we have here at Villa's Grace Church, those who have been gifted by you to carry out the calling that you have called upon their life, what you have asked them to do, how you've provided a way for them to serve the church. Thank you thus far. We want to continue to be a body of believers who share your good news so others come to a saving faith in you. We want to be an authentic church with who we are. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name as he makes this possible. Amen. So what's your favorite flavor of chewing gum? What's your go-to? She seems like she's enjoying that bubble, right? I think little brother's got a little something to say about that. But we all kind of have like our go-to favorite chewing gum that we like better than others. But to me, chewing gum is more trouble than what it's worth. That's just the way I look at it. In fact, I have a bit of a pet peeve, you can ask Hope. I can't stand, and I don't know what it is, but there's something about chewed chewing gum being put into a napkin or a wrapper at a table when you're eating dinner. And that kind of plays into my point because chewing gum's more trouble than what it's worth. And the reason why I say that is because it loses its flavor too quickly. We all have experienced that now, haven't we? It's worth that intense rush for... Wait, how long? Well, let's go to thethrillist.com because they took about the top 10 gums on the market right now and determined how long they actually keep their flavor. So coming in at number one, it's actually Eclipse. If you enjoy Eclipse, congratulations, you chose the gum that lasts six minutes and 33 seconds before it loses its flavor. React 2, which is made by the brand 5Gum, it lasted for 6 minutes and 5 seconds. If you like Dentine Ice, it will last for 5 minutes and 35 seconds. Now, coming in at number 4 is Double mints. That's old school, Wrigley style, right? 3 minutes and 33 seconds. That's about 2 minutes off of the 3rd place finisher. Number five, Orbit. If you like Orbit, i got some bad news. It only lasts for three minutes and 20 seconds. If you like Bubble Yum, three minutes and 10 seconds. Stride, hey, you're going to taste that flavor for two minutes and 52 seconds. If it's Trident that you like, tough luck. Two minutes and 32 seconds is all you're going to get. Big Red, two minutes and 30 seconds. That cinnamon's good, though, for about two minutes, isn't it? How about Extra. Extra should be extra long, right? Wrong. Extra only lasts for two minutes and 22 seconds. Bubble gum, in my opinion, or just chewing gum, is definitely more trouble than what it's worth because how do you dispose of it after those 22 minutes and 22 seconds? That's why you see little black splotches all over the concrete on these roads that we drive on because people just chuck them out their car. Or you've got to find a trash bin after the flavor's gone to dispose of the gum. Church. Listen, this is like us when we attempt to achieve holiness without Jesus. See, without Jesus, mankind attempts to seek God's approval through self-denial, self-neglect, and self-infliction. Now, you're asking, how is chewing gum related to us without Jesus? See, what happens when we do these things, when we pursue something through self-denial, or we pursue something through self-neglect, or we seek something through self-infliction, what happens is it becomes a perishable pursuit. Just like chewing gum, we then have to do it again, and again, and again, just like that stick of extra chewing gum. It's good for about two minutes and 22 seconds, but this is just like the world's mentality. See, because that stick of chewing gum is going to ask you, what have you done for me lately? Have you bought another pack of me? Have you grabbed another stick? Have you gone through the whole pack so you can get another pack? Because the world's mentality kind of says the same thing now, doesn't it? The world's mentality will say, what have you done for me lately? Church, that's not our God. He doesn't ask, what have you done for me lately? He doesn't need to ask that question. In fact, he says quite the opposite to us, doesn't he? Rather, he says, have faith in what I have done for you through Jesus. Unfortunately, some of us think we're holy on our own merits. We're we're holy because of what we have done. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, pun intended, But you do know that the real problem is actually with self-denial, self-neglect, and self-infliction, don't you? See, it robs us of our freedom as it leads to a life of enslavement. And what we mean by self-denial, self-neglect, and self-infliction, it's basically saying, I'm going to do this to myself in order to make the Lord like me more. Whether it's do not taste, do not touch. Church we need to understand, and especially this morning as we're encouraged by the Apostle Paul's words, that we are free to live because of what Christ did. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title this morning is this, Living Out Freedom, from the book of Colossians, Living Out Freedom. We're going to be in chapter 2, going through verses 20 through 23, looking at the final four verses verses from chapter 2. Last week, Pastor Jared did a magnificent job of encouraging us in the notion that we all need Jesus, but we don't need religion, do we? We learn that being a Christian is not about following rules. However, it's about following Jesus, and that's part of the self-denial, self-infliction, is trying to create your own set of rules in order to make the Lord happy. We learned last week that being a Christian is not associated with spiritual experiences or special revelations, but rather about holding fast to Jesus and His Word, which is why we say here at Villa's Grace Church, one of our slogans, one of our mantras that we don't always talk about, but it is the truth. But what we say here is this. The whole Bible nothing but the Bible which is why you see us go through books of the Bible consecutively verse by verse today what we're gonna see is that it's all about living out our freedom it's all about how we are to live free in Jesus therefore be encouraged in how to achieve holiness today that's how we should leave here we should leave Encouraged, knowing that we can achieve holiness right here, right now, and especially as we highlight how not to achieve holiness. So please join me in Colossians chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that are all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Amen. As we observe these Four verses this morning, the final four of chapter two, we want to put them into this one sentence, and that one sentence is this. Jesus provides freedom necessary to avoid the desires of the flesh. Jesus provides the freedom necessary to avoid the desires of the flesh. Who's ready to see an action photo of Joe Reader back in his elementary school days? I am. Now, some of you are probably asking the question right now, Pastor Matt, wait, 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 hold on a second. How do you know that that's Joe Reeder in his elementary days? It's simple. It's so simple. You guys are overthinking this one, okay? You see the picture of the president on the wall up above the, the blackboard there? That's Abraham Lincoln. We all know that Abraham Lincoln was the president when Joe Reeder was in elementary school, right? I mean, I knew that. I could just tell by looking at him. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Actually, we, we know that's Joe Reeder because it's, he's, he's in the middle row there. You see the middle row that he's in? He's the, the second one to the back, about ready to fall asleep. <laughs> Joe, you give me a hard time too often, but be careful who you give a hard time to. I'm the man with the microphone most often, so I'll get you back. No, Joe, you're, you're way too young to have been in elementary school when Lincoln was president. But seriously... Seriously, let's all go back to our elementary school days really quick, just for a moment. How immature were we back in elementary school when we really think about it? Now, some of us were more mature than others. Some of us were able to handle the pressures and, you know, all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about how innocent, how immature to the ways of the world and the way in which it worked at that age. See, I remember the first time I saw one of my elementary school teachers outside of school like ran into her at the grocery store and i was like you mean you don't live at the school (laughs) i mean that was my mentality when i was younger see we all had a pretty basic understanding of how this world operated and as we now grow we mature in our understanding we become less innocent into the way in which this world works so those of us who know jesus we're actually maturing in our understanding And it's not that we're finished, it's not that we're completed yet, but we're maturing in our understanding. We're maturing in our knowledge of the source of this world's failed system. As as we know Christ, we we know who's the source behind the failures in this world. Church. It's those who do not know Jesus that have a worldview that's on the maturity level of an elementary school-aged child. And those who do not know Jesus are the ones who buy into what the teacher's speculations are. They are the ones that buy into the teacher's ideologies, philosophies, and psychologies. So some of you may be asking, what's wrong with that? What's wrong if I buy into what the teacher's teaching me? Well, this world's concepts come from man, not God. And we recognize our need to mature in Christ from the first part of verse 20, our very first section that we're looking at, and as it says right out the gate, Paul writes, if with Christ you died. See, those who died with Christ, those who have saving faith in His death, His burial, and His resurrection, those who admit their sin. Those who repent of the sin in which they admit, repent means that you acknowledge your sin, you turn away from your sin, and you turn back towards God's, has what it says here, died to the elemental spirits of the world. By the way, these are the things we first commit to as Christians. When we first come to a saving faith in Christ, we commit to dying to the elemental spirits of the world. They are the first steps of maturity in Christ. And like we mentioned previously, those who do not know Jesus are the ones who buy into the teacher's speculations, ideologies, philosophies, and psychologies, all of which are inventions of this fallen, satanic system. They're the inventions from the mind of humans. Let's break down these speculations, ideologies, psychologies, and philosophies. After all, they're the equivalent of the basic rules that you'd find in any elementary school's kindergarten classroom. They're basic. They're elementary. What Paul is saying to us, what he's encouraging us in, is saying, Move on. Keep progressing onward towards graduation. He's saying, these are the simple, basic, beginner rules of spiritual life. So what are the elemental spirits of the world? If we're being asked to move on and graduate from them, what are they? Take our current political climate, for example. Does political thought hinge on speculations, ideologies, philosophies, and psychologies? I would say so. So what what is your speculation on COVID-19? You have one. Don't try to act like you don't. And whatever your thoughts are on COVID-19 is really just truly a speculation. What's your ideology on BLM? What's your philosophy on the systemic racism that we are facing here in this country? What's your psychology on global warming? See, the reason why I don't care about bringing these issues up, and some of you afterwards might say, how dare you from the pulpit bring up current political issues? Aren't we supposed to be talking about Jesus? Yes. Are we speaking about Jesus? Yes. You know why I don't care? Because the next set of hot-button topics are just going to come up through the ranks anyway just stop and think of something for one second. What Nixon did in the 70s is no different than what we see going on in politics today. It's just that back then it was illegal and today you can get away with it. Times change, things change, but one thing will forever remain the same. There's one thing that will never change and that is the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus that put an end to these systems. So do we get caught up in them or do we look at them for what they're worth to make us actually focus our attention, to realign our attention right back to Christ? If we can't look past issues that are popular now that are going to die off in no time anyway, just like that chewing gum's flavor... We're missing the point. We need to be focusing on things that are eternal. And everything that we see happening right now is nothing but an opportunity to remind us to do that. Everything that we see happening right now is nothing but an opportunity for us to use these situations to highlight who Jesus is. So church, please be encouraged. Because when it's not these issues that we're talking about, like I said, those next round of issues are just going to come up, and when they do, we can never forget that that one thing remains the same. That's the gospel, the good news, the fact that our maturity is found in being unified with Jesus, because that's really what this world says that it wants. We want to make everything better for everybody. Everybody would agree with that statement, but there's only one way to be unified, and that's through Jesus, because we died with him. What does it say again? To the elemental spirits of the world. Church, I don't care where you stand on some of these political issues. That's not my business. Our business here is not to get involved on that level. But no matter where you stand, doesn't matter. These Things, these issues that get brought up are the elemental spirits of the world. Remember, if you have faith in Christ, you have died to them. Know them, understand them, but know that your life is contingent because it goes beyond them. And after all, we should all know that we are mature enough to know who the real teacher of the class is. It is definitely not some talking head on the radio, on TV, or somebody that we can find on the internet. It's him who has defeated the fallen, satanic, and human system, the system of enslavement, the system of control, the system ushered in by Satan through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Church, with Christ you died. With Christ I died. With Christ we died. Therefore, let's not forget the issues and remain unified through him. And this brings us to the first point this morning. Our first point is this, the corruption of this world's system could never divide Christians who know or who in Jesus are forever unified. The corruption of this world's system could never divide Christians who in Jesus are forever unified. Again, our main point this morning is this, Jesus provides the freedom necessary to avoid the desires of the flesh. What you're looking at here is a screenshot from a video made by mark dice it's actually if you want to look at look it up on youtube no problem it's titled trick-or-treat a free 100 ounce bar of silver or a hershey's bar and this is how it played out and i kid you not he had a stack of hershey bars i'm talking a stack and he had 100 ounce bar of silver and he just went up to random people on the street and said do you want a free Hershey's bar or this bar of silver? And everybody chose. What do you think everybody chose? Who thinks they chose the silver? Who thinks they chose the Hershey bar? How much is a Hershey bar? I don't know. It was a king-size bar. It's a big bar, right? What do you say, like a dollar fifty, Maybe $2? I don't know. How much do you think that 100-ounce bar of silver is worth? 2400 Currently, they all chose the Hershey bar. There's a few things going on in this situation. First, the Hershey's bar was chosen based on appearance. It was the outward appearance of the Hershey bar that caught everybody's attention. The appearance of the silver bar seemed to have no purpose. They're just looking at this hunk of metal thinking like, what am I going to use this for? In fact, one person in the video said, what is that, like a doorstop? And then Mark Mark Dice goes, well, you could use it as a paperweight. And he goes, oh, yeah, paperweight. That would be great for paperweight. We'll take the Hershey bar. But there's also another factor. It's not just based off of appearance and appearance only. See, the Hershey's bar is worthless once it's consumed. Once you eat that Hershey's bar, what do you do with it? Yeah, you know what you do with it. We don't need to go there. But the hundred ounce bar of silver bullion is worth $2,400, which in turn, just like us in Christ, can mature and be invested. Therefore, any astute financier would have taken that bar of silver. Why? They wouldn't be fooled by the outward appearance. They would have known the real, true value of the silver. They would understand the potential for the silver bar to mature in that value. Because a bar of chocolate is worthless when it's compared to a $2,400 bar of silver. Just like it's worthless to choose a Hershey's bar over a 100-ounce bar of silver, it's worthless for us to pursue holiness without Jesus. Therefore, we need to understand the value in the path we choose to pursue, the path that leads to holiness, the path that leads to freedom. And let's heed Paul's warning concerning the incorrect path right here in our final set of verses, the second half of verse 20 and 23. And if we look at the second half of verse 20 through 22, it's the same as saying, live in the world and not of it. We've all heard that expression before. It's like saying, live in the world, not of it. And when we focus primarily on the do not handle, the do not taste, the do not touch, we make it more about the outward appearance of what we're doing rather than the inward experience remember it's the Holy Spirit, He is the one that lives within us we therefore become enslaved not able to be living out freedom when we make it all about the outward appearance, see the do not handle, do not taste and the do not touch as it says here in the text is actually the opposite of living out freedom. This is known as asceticism. Now, that's a huge $25 word. It's not a word that we hear very often, but it's here in the text. Last week, Pastor Jared, when he preached the actual word asceticism according to the English Standard Version translations in the text, So we need to cover it, but let me give you the Webster's Dictionary version of the definition for asceticism. It's this, it's the practice of strict self-denial as a measure of personal and especially spiritual discipline. It's a lifestyle characterized by abstinence from sensual pleasures, often for the purpose of pursuing spiritual goals. See, there is a major flaw to asceticism. And that flaw is this. It requires a whole lot of you with little to no Jesus. See, there is another major flaw. We can't forget that man is not spiritual alone either. We are embodied. Our bodies smell, our bodies taste, our bodies touch, our bodies hear, and our bodies see. Those are the five senses. Why would God give us these five senses? Why? See, he gave us the five senses so we can worship him. We worship Him in what we smell. We worship Him in what we taste. We worship Him through touch. We worship Him by what we hear. We worship Him by what we see. Church, Satan doesn't care if you practice gluttony. He doesn't care if you practice asceticism. Our adversary's deception is the same today as it was in the garden. It's like Satan to Eve goes, Psst withholding a higher spirituality from you. Here, eat this fruit and you'll be just like God. It could have been the opposite. It didn't have to go like that, but it could have been the opposite. Because when Eve said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, which they had permission to do, Asceticism will look different because if it was asceticism that he wanted to use, Satan would have said, don't eat of those trees. Come on, Eve, come on, don't eat of those trees. You must deprive yourself. After all, God knows if you do, then you'll be just like him. Because that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants to be just like Jesus. Remember that next time you think that somebody's trying to control you. So, whether it's gluttony or asceticism or abstinence or free sex, the goal of our adversary remains the same. He wants us to worship a false God. A God, as it says here in the text, human precepts and teachings. A God that we've created to replace the God who created us. Take a look at the first part of verse 22. And remember that these things, that all perish as they are used. So which would you choose, the Hershey's or the silver bullion? One will perish as it's used. The other can be invested. One is doused in immature momentary pleasure. Let's face it, that Hershey's is incredible until it's consumed. And then it's no longer what it was. You'd have to go get another one to relive that experience, wouldn't you? But the other can be invested. The other can be invested into a mature, lasting value. So when we think that we're more Christian because we don't do certain things, because we're depriving ourselves, we're not necessarily more free in Christ. It's a man-made way of trying to make themselves holy. That's why you'll hear, or you could ask people like, Oh, you're a Christian. How do you know that you're a Christian? Oh, well, you know, I go to church on Sunday. Well, it's based upon what you do. But you can go to church on Sunday and not need Jesus. So as Mike comes up this morning and then we close, let us be clear. External performance has no effect on our ability to suppress the internal urges and desires of our flesh. We'd be fooling ourselves to think that we don't have any internal desires. Well, I think that all of us sitting here, I don't care who you are, nobody gets a free pass, not one of us in this room, but each and every one of us has desires that we would be embarrassed to share with other people. But what we do, what we try to abstain from, cannot control that. And Alexander McLaren says it best when he says this. I wanna read exactly what he said word for word. He said, there is only one thing that will put the collar on the neck of the animal within us. One thing, and that is the power of the indwelling Christ. It's not about the outward appearance how we look to other people. It's about the inward experience of what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. And this is why we cannot make it more about the outward appearance. Because we'd never want to overshadow that inward Experience. So it doesn't matter what you do or don't handle. It doesn't matter what you taste or don't taste or what you touch or don't touch. If you're only doing either in order to achieve a higher level of spirituality or you're only doing either to gain acceptance by God, you may be doing something, but it will, as it says, have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Where I'm from in Indiana, we're really close to Amish country, really close. It's not an Amish community, but we do have a Walmart they like to attend. I want to give you a story real quick as we close. I remember my psychology professor when I was a sophomore in college, told us a story of a young man that he was counseling who had a problem with sexual desires. And he was struggling and struggling and struggling. And finally one day he went to the counselor who was my psychology prof and said, I can't take it anymore. I just, I have no control over this. I'm leaving my family and I'm gonna go join the Amish community because the way in which they dress, I will no longer have those desires. Because I don't know if you know how the Amish ladies dress, but it's all the way down to their ankles with skirts all uniform, everybody looks the same, nothing's revealing. revealing. Well, it didn't take long before he had to go back to the counselor and said, my desires are still there. See, what happened was he thought by doing things on his own, by putting himself in a situation where he won't have to taste, handle, or touch, the desires would go away. Well, he just started finding new desires in different ways with the Amish women. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that man's problem really was? See, at the end of the day, his real problem was the fact that he didn't know the power of the indwelling Christ. And that he is the only one able to put a collar around the neck of the animal within us. doesn't matter who you think you are. Not one of us here doesn't have that animal within us right now, currently. Thankfully, that's not gonna be the case forever. Our hope, our hope is to receive new, resurrected, glorified bodies. But until then, we need to learn how to rely upon Christ. This young man, he attempted to suppress his own carnal desires of his own flesh. Church, when we attempt to obtain holiness on our own, we forfeit our freedom in Jesus. Jesus took care of this for us so we can be free to live in such a way that we can share the good news of salvation with others because in the church age in which we're in right now, that is what it's all about. That's the reason why we're still here left behind so that we can share Christ and Him crucified. And we therefore arrive in our second and final point this morning. And that point is this our freedom isn't achieved by what we do or don't do but rather by what Christ has done for us that's our message that's what we share with people we share the fact that our freedom isn't achieved by what we do or don't do but rather by what Christ has done for us let us not forget our first point this morning which stated the corruption of this world system could never divide Christians who in Jesus are forever unified. Again, our main point this morning is this. Jesus provides the freedom necessary to avoid the desires of the flesh. Yes. You're right. We are not unified. In fact, our country may never be unified again. Let's just face facts. It may be the case, or it may be the case, but whether we are or not, the gospel remains the same. Jesus doesn't change, and his message surely doesn't. That's our focus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that your word is convicting We know that your word contradicts our sin nature. Lord, we want to be okay with that as we use your word to learn how not to be offended and convicted in such a way that we feel discouraged. We want to look at your convictions of your word and be encouraged in the hope that you are offering us, especially the freedom that you have offered us. You are the one. Thank you. You are the one that conquered the grave, not us. But we get to partake in everything that you have done because of the fact that you did it so we could have faith in you. I pray for us to continue to posture ourselves to learn better how to faithfully pursue you. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.